Welcome to Ministry Leaders Anonymous. My name is Matt Rice. And I'm Chris Bartlett, and we hope to provide a moment of sanity during a busy week of ministry. We both worked in ministry for a really long time, and we've just about seen it all. And as damaged as we are, we're ready to dive in and bring light to the hurts, hopes, and hungers that every minister has. Special thanks to our friend Alob. Thanks. I like that word. <laughs> yeah, very good. Combo. <laughs> yeah. For our, our stinger music um, from his new album, No Match for Love. Thanks, buddy. We are uh, going to have another debate. Matt and I are on different sides of... Uh, Matt's on the wrong side of history on this conversation. <laughs> I think I think maybe what we're going to have end up with is a balance here. Um, but yeah, go ahead, Chris. Set it up. So we are talking about what does it look like to worship away from our community, right? So maybe you're working at a particular parish and or a ministry leader at a particular parish. And you feel like when I go to mass there, because I'm in charge of the music, even when I'm not in charge of that music, all I am thinking about is the music, or all I'm thinking about is the logistics for the youth night that I'm running afterwards, or all I'm thinking about is the ushers that is a ministry that my ministry is in charge of, whatever it is to where it makes sense for you to maybe go worship elsewhere or to do your prayer time elsewhere because it's more fulfilling, more effective, um, and whatnot, or, you know... Just for a story time, my family and I, we do a prayer after Mass is done. We go ahead and we kneel and we say prayers together. There have been times where I have, and it's only happened twice, but where I have been kneeling with my family and my children, you know, like kneeling and doing our after Mass prayers, and someone taps me on the shoulder and asks me about confirmation paperwork. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm literally I'm praying. About. Yeah, I know, I know. So this is an <laughs> issue. So Matt, why, why do you think it's wise to uh, to consider or even to worship away, or why have you found it fruitful to do such? One, I mean, one of the reasons is what you just pointed out is that when I am at my place of work, our surroundings matter. I mean, we are embodied souls, and by being that, like things around us, our environment affects who we are, affects our mindset. When we tell people to to pray. We tell them to find a quiet place that feels prayerful. We don't tell them to go to their cubicle at work and pray. Now, you can pray at your cubicle at work, but we tell them to set the environment for your best success. And if your work environment isn't the best environment for your prayer, you should go somewhere else. And very often, that's the way that our ministries, that's the way our home parishes or whatever they are, end up feeling for many of us. Now, maybe that's an area of healing that we need to, to dive into. Why does this always feel like work instead of prayer? But I think there may be perfectly fine reasons for people to worship away from the parish that they serve in. Now, I wouldn't say, now again, I'm not trying to tiptoe around here or whatever, but I would say that there is a balance to be had. Because if you're not part of the community, if you're not worshiping with the community, you're doing something wrong. You should be tied into the worship in the prayer life of that community. So right. there's a balance, you know, here. It's not neither. Yeah, yeah, it's not one or the other, no matter what. So anyway, what were you going to say? Perfection is the enemy of the good. And so I pray the rosary in my car, right? And it's not the most ideal situation for praying the rosary. I would love to pray the rosary on the top of the mountain where the transfiguration took place or in <laughs> in, in, in Lourdes or, or, or Fatima. You know what I mean? Well, like does, that, it, does it depend on the mysteries that you're going to be doing? Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> uh, institution of the Eucharist, you know, the luminous ones. Right. So, 
So you, you, is there a better place to pray? Yes. But don't let that stop you from praying. Goodness sakes, if, if you can get any prayer, like God will take a, a broken prayer. A broken prayer is better than no prayer at all. Yeah. And so, and so I, would, I would say, like, if your cubicle is where you're at, God meets you in your cubicle. If your parish, even though you know that people are going to be thinking, oh my gosh, his kids are unruly during Mass and he's in charge of the teens at this parish or, or they're in charge of the uh, you know, liturgical ministry and they can't even keep their kids in line. Like, yeah, that's hard. Right, that's hard, but you can still pray. You and I think you still should pray. You know, it's 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 particularly difficult in the more rural areas where the next parish might be like forty-five minutes away, and yeah. it becomes kind of an, a significant hardship to be able to pray away from the the place where you do ministry at. The other part is is the living witnesses, right? So this is yep. Evangelium Nuciande, evangelization in the modern world, paragraph number forty-one. Modern man listens more willingly to witnesses than teachers and if he listens to teachers it's because they are first and foremost witnesses so there would almost be for me an urgency for us to pray within our communities so that we can be those living witnesses modeling what prayer looks like so in response to that there's there are a couple boom of yeah drop <laughs> yeah. the mic so do you go to all the masses at your church i don't so you witness to how many well, I mean, throughout the course of the year, Sorry, I go to I'm, different Sorry, I'm bringing masses. my own boom here, buddy. I know. No, no, that's a great point. Well, that's, that's true because I don't attend. Uh, I rarely, let me say that. I rarely attend the 730 and the 130 because the language of faith is different than my language, right? Those are Spanish uh, masses, and I, I speak English. And I'm actually tasked with reaching out to both the English and the Spanish community. Yeah. So, yeah, your point is well made. Yeah. And so those of us that are at parishes that have multiple masses, does that mean that we have to worship at all of the different masses throughout the, the year, you know, to be witnesses? Now, I, I would I might even argue that, yeah, it would be good for you to visit a different mass ever so often because you'll see a different group of youth. You'll see a different group of parents and they need to know who you are. Sure. Now, I'm not going to tell you to rotate masses every weekend because that would be exhaustive and it would not be good for your family life. And you're not my dad. You can't tell me what to do. <laughs> but the, uh, you know, and I'm not saying every Sunday go to a neighboring parish. What I'm saying is periodically you may find it necessary to do that. Um, you may find it very fruitful to do that just to see, because I mean, <laughs> This is this is going to sound a little messed up, but when my wife and I go on vacation and we leave our kids with our with with my parents or with her parents, we're like, oh wow, this is what it's like to pray at mass. <laughs> I know, right? For real, like daily mass with my kids. Right, we're going to daily mass here in about an hour, and with the kids, it's kind of stressful. And yeah. you're just trying to manage them so that they don't distract others, but you're still knowing that like there's something good here, and it's it's the unseen good of God's love that reaches in just by showing up. Yeah. But there's other times where you're like just daily mass without kids, and I'm very pro life. I mean, like a baby baby number six <laughs> is on the way. I'm, I'm on board, guys. But there's something about it to where it's like, wow, I am able to take all of my energy uh, and focus it on God because I'm able to be solely a child of God in that moment. But when you're with your kids, you have to also be a father. And I believe that our father, who art in heaven, desires us to be a father while we're at Mass with our kids. Yeah, absolutely. And so I, I bring that up because, again, you're not going <laughs> to not go to Mass with your family most of the time. Right. But when you, when you actually get a chance to go on your own, it's different. And, and there is something, uh, like, I guess more tangibly fruitful. I don't want to say it's more fruitful, 
but you sense better fruit from that because you can actually pay attention to what you're doing. So that's the, the reason that I would suggest for ministry leaders periodically to, to take some time and go pray somewhere else where it's not where you work for the same reason that you can focus on what you're, on what you're doing rather than the work or the ministry. There's more spiritual consolation yes. in certain environments, and you're arguing that sometimes those environments are away from the community that you serve. Absolutely. Right. And I yeah. would say that prayer is efficacious whether or not you receive spiritual consolation. And Mother Teresa, Saint Mother Teresa of Calcutta, uh, lived very much the dark night of the soul where she did not experience any consolation spiritually, but she was still super faithful. And that is uh, noble and worthy as well. But I don't I don't sit at the same table that the saints sit at. I just want to make that very clear. You know, when when we were younger, we had soft food and now that we're older, we should be eating heartier stuff. I still feel like I'm on an applesauce prayer time. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. I walk away and I'm like, "Well, I don't feel like that was awesome." So, uh, prayer failed and God's like, "That was the best prayer you've made in the last 3 years." And I'm like, "Yeah, it was stupid cuz it didn't taste good." You know, I'm I'm a 4-year-old who wants a piece of spiritual candy every time I make the sign of the cross. And yep. so, um and so I hear you. I hear you in the sense that sometimes when, when we're away, we experience or we can taste the fruits that I, I would argue exist in both contexts. Yeah. But sometimes it's encouraging for us to actually taste those fruits. Um, Absolutely. It, and yeah, we need it. And when we, in the whole idea of consolation and desolation, uh, and we may need to spend some time defining those ideas, but you're not supposed to wallow in def- desolation. Like you may be in a period of des- <laughs> Did I almost say defecation? <laughs> yeah, you're definitely. <laughs> you are not, listener. You are not supposed to wallow in defecation. <laughs> There's a very short list of things you're supposed to do around defecation. Normally, flush, but wallowing is not on that short list. So, anyway. <laughs> um. The, uh, you're not supposed to sit in desolation. You're like when you're in desolation, you're supposed to do everything you can to get into consolation because that's where God does the the repairing and the mending, you know, of and the healing is there in that. And so when you know that every time you go to mass, it's a more desolate experience, then it may be good to set yourself up for consolation. So that's like that's what by not going to mass, I'm a little confused. No, no by me, going to a, by going to another location. Okay. So if if the if the if where you're going to mass is is relatively desolate for your prayer life, you may need to go to another parish to to actually have some consolation because even though we do absolutely have periods of consolation and desolation, and that's just the natural you know ebb and flow of prayer life. The, the goal is not to just wallow in desolation. Great. So let's go ahead and break them down. So is it okay to worship away from your parish? The answer is yes, that's okay. And there's some caveats. Um, and, then, and then we'll talk about is it okay to worship at your parish? Yes, but there are some caveats. So let's go ahead. Worshiping away from your community, I think some of the drawbacks or the caveats would be you need to make sure that you are still a living witness within your community and a spiritual leader within your community. And one of the aspects of spiritual leadership is modeling prayer. So there has to be a time or something along those lines to where you go ahead and you're doing that. Yeah. Now, I know a number of music ministers that go to a different mass 
than the one that they weren't lead worship at because they're a worship leader as opposed to someone who's participating. They're thinking about timing. They're thinking about making sure that the, the instruments are in tune. They're making sure uh, all those different pieces are lined up correctly. And they're not engaging in the liturgy in the same way they are when they're at Mass on a normal basis. And that's okay. It's okay to go to Mass more than once a day, especially if one is you're at the service of the liturgy, and then the other, the, the liturgy is at the service of your own spiritual growth. Absolutely. Um, and I don't know if there's any need to break that one down further. I would say the same thing, is that you do need... And, and maybe your role at the parish does matter, because, well, I... And you, let's talk about this. Maybe if you're if if you are the music minister, does your witness of being, like of worshiping at mass, is it as important? This is going to sound really messed up. Is it as important as as the youth minister's witness, because of the role that they play? I mean, I, I've been I've been places where you don't even have a Catholic as the m- m- music leader, or the music minister. You know, so so does that really matter in that role? So I, I would argue that your role matters. So volunteer on the core team, absolutely, that matters. If you're a volunteer of the cemetery, like I would say it matters, but it's it, like not as much as the volunteer at the is at the youth ministry. Now I'll just shoot from the hip there. I, I'm not I'm not picking on cemetery volunteers, but anyway, go ahead. The, the three that exist in our listening base. Like. <laughs> Yeah, or maybe in the United States, yeah. Um, yeah. So, so your point is well made. I also think another factor to consider is size of the parish, right? Yeah. So yeah. I'm at a humongous parish, and you participate in a, a parish probably about a third the size of the parish that I'm at. Yeah. Everyone knows you. You know everyone, right? Yeah. And they I, know what mass I go to. So if I don't show up at mass, they think I didn't go that week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it is. It's a small-town thing. Whereas in, in, in my community— I would say probably half the parishioners don't know who I am or what my role is. And that's just part of the nature of like, well, we don't have kids in the program, so it's not it's not needed for us to know who the youth minister is. If I needed to find it, I could look on the bulletin, mm-hmm. um, you know, on the floorboard of my car where it sits. <laughs> so um, so I think that th- th- that plays a factor in it as well is I can actually go to a mass and feel relatively – Anonymous, anonymous or yeah. autonomous and, uh, yeah. and and go ahead and experience the liturgy just as a, a member of the congregation. So, yeah, you and that may be one of the reasons why and I don't know, like why you feel the way you do about worshiping at your church, because like you said, you're anonymous there. Um, just more just like us, not. just like <laughs> hey, us here hey. at Ministry Leaders Anonymous. <laughs> um, but those of us who are in smaller parishes, we're, we're not anonymous no matter where we go whether it's daily mass or any Sunday mass. And I honestly think that's a gift. I miss, I was at a smaller parish, you know, just it, near you. And uh, I really thought it was a huge blessing, not to just know all the teens that I ministered to, but to know their siblings and their families. And there was something beautiful about that reality. And, uh, and there's also something amazing about the scale of different things. And we have different opportunities at a bigger parish than we did at a more medium sized parish. But uh but that is a gift and a blessing, uh, the tightness of a community. But yeah, when all of a sudden you're out of town at a conference and they're like, well, I guess Matt stopped being Catholic because he didn't show up to <laughs> the 930 this Sunday or the 11 or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. There was, a, there was a time when we were going to the 530 in the evening because the youth group was right after that. And then when we switched to going to, I think we switched to going to the 10 o'clock or something like that. 
and then we visited the 5.30 a month or two later. And, you know, someone came up to me, I'm so glad you're back. And I'm like, I've been here. I just was going to the morning mass. <laughs> like, I didn't disappear for a few months, you know. Yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah. Good. So, uh, arguments for worshiping or doing prayer time at the community that you're at. I think, again, the living witness piece is an important part of it. Uh, but if you're not fed, that's the caveat, is if you're not fed, and you have the ability to go somewhere else to get fed, then then that's great. If it's two hours away to the next Catholic church, go to mass, yeah, and and yeah. and and offer that hunger up to as a prayer for for whatever peace is absent in regards to your spiritual needs that aren't being met. You yeah. know, I I also think that as ministry leaders, we're in a unique position. Father is going to give a bad homily every now and then, but if there's this consistency of like, I get the sense that he's. He's speaking to a community that he's not serving. Then feel free to have a, a, a critical conversation with him about, like, Father, I get I get the sense that you're speaking to everyone, like they all have master's degrees in theology, but most of us don't even know how to pray. Like, could yeah. could yeah. you tone it down a little bit, you know? And uh, and so sometimes it requires us to advocate so that the community that we worship with meets the needs that we have. And there's yeah. not a there is not a father out there whether a, a biological father or a priest who does not want to meet the needs of his, his community. Yeah. There's not. I want to meet the needs of my children. When they say they need something, I want to provide for that. Priests want to provide for that as well. The thing is, is kids don't mind blabbing, I'm hungry, I'm hungry, you know what I mean? <laughs> and they, they communicate the needs quite a bit. But when it comes to priests, a lot of people are hesitant to go ahead and have that conversation of like, I have this spiritual need and I don't feel like it's being met. Yeah. Um, could you help me navigate this or what can I do to help? Cause I imagine there might be others that are in this similar position. So yeah. And yeah. if, if you're not going, you know, and not listening, you won't be able to speak to that at all. You won't be able to advocate for yourself and people in your peer group. You won't be able to be able to advocate for those whom you lead, you know, whatever ministry you're in without being present there. The other thing is, is we talked about multiple times connecting, the liturgy to the day-to-day and our ministry flowing from the Eucharist, part of that is the homily. Part of that liturgy is the homily. And being able to tie in what Father said to your ministry, I think, is, is really important. And again, if you're not present at your parish, you can't do that. Oh, hey, remember when Father said this at Mass? Maybe they don't remember that, but at least you're you know indicating that you're a part of that community and that what he says there matters and influences what we do in our ministry. I agree. I I really think that making references back to the liturgy and, you know, in youth ministry, I would say probably one third of the people that show up to our youth nights, maybe a little bit higher than that, didn't attend mass that weekend. And so I'll oftentimes make a reference to the homily. Oh, I was at the 930 mass and father said this. And I think it really ties into our topic tonight because of that. Just to let the teens know, or those that we serve know, that there is value in attending the Mass, and yeah. uh, and there is value in the leadership of the pastors and, and pieces of that nature. I think it's important to connect the two. Yeah, so, and not that you're trying to create guilt, but to have that little twinge you know, inside of them like, oh crap, I didn't go. Right, like, to foster a hunger. I missed yeah. out on something. I think yeah. that when people miss a youth night, 
There should be something that happened to where they were like, oh, I missed out on something. FOMA. FOMO. A fear, <laughs> fear of, of missing out. F- yeah. Fear of missing out. <laughs> I think that's an important thing. And honestly, teens have it all the time when they're like, oh, do I go see the new uh, superhero movie or do I go hang out with my friends at the pool party? And then they're they're, they're feeling all this tension. Oh, then everyone on social media is going to see it because it's opening night. But then I won't hang out with Jessica and she's fun or whatever. You know what I mean? Like there's all these yeah. different tensions, fear of missing out. But I think they should have that with mass and with our ministries and with prayer time. Like God has a plan for you. He has an intention for your life. And if you're not going to him every day, then your day is not going to be at the level of excellence that God has called it to be. You should fear of missing out when it comes to prayer time, you yeah. know? So yeah. so even if your prayer time is uh, is just going to be a C-, minus, it's still worth doing. And sometimes yeah. in your own community, you might be like, okay, you know, that person could come up to me and interrupt us during, or someone could hand me a check for the retreat during yeah. a sign of peace. Yeah. Like, no joke, this happens. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> I'm leaving after communion, so could you just go ahead and make sure that this gets for uh, for little Billy's uh, retreat coming up? <laughs> and yeah, also and with you. That's yeah. a, the proper response. And also with you. That's funny. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, I, the main reason we wanted to talk about this today was to, I guess, in my mind, allay any guilt that we may have with regards to going or, or not receiving consolation every time we go to worship at our parishes that we serve and to in a way get permission to to go spend some time in prayer other places but also to encourage you to spend most of your communal prayer time at your parish is that a a pretty decent summary of what we talked about chris yeah and and my big uh, my big shtick was uh prayer is about showing up and i don't care if you show up at your parish or at a different parish or if, if you're cubicle or praying in your car, show up to prayer. And, and, and you were talking about fruitful prayer is about setting up, setting yeah. up the right environment, setting up the elements that are going to help you be successful to fully receive what God has for you. And so I don't think that we're at odds with each other. I was ready to put boxing gloves on <laughs> and trade blows with you, Matt. But I think we were looking at the same thing with different perspective. And yeah. Uh, yeah. So. I agree. All right, guys, if you if there's something about this topic that you feel like we didn't dive into or you know someone that that could help us dive into this topic a little deeper, maybe has a different opinion, please send us an email at mlapodcast at ablazeyouth.org. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Stitcher, Google Play. Just look for MLA Podcast. And uh, subscribe. Become a, a Patreon. Patreon? Patron. <laughs> Come on, Chris. It's a patron. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Become a patron. Uh, you can find us at patreon.com slash MLA podcast. We need to get Chris a cough button. So please <laughs> become a patron because that guy coughs all the time. I have so much mucus. It's, it's, I don't know what is happening. It's only when we do the podcast. Every other day, I'm clear as a bell. Uh, all right. So become a patron so we can get Chris to, to push the cough button and we don't have to hear that anymore or hear about him talking about his phlegm anymore. McPhlegm. All right, here at Ministry Leaders Anonymous, we believe that if you want to go... Oh, I messed up. (laughs) (laughs) If you want to go, just hit stop right now if you want to go. At Ministry Leaders Anonymous, if you want to go quickly, go alone. And if you want to go far, we go together. Take some time this week to pray for other ministry leaders, whether it's at your parish or at a nearby parish. Pray, pray, pray. That's right. We'll see you next week on Ministry Leaders Anonymous. God bless. God bless.